Listen up. I won't sugarcoat it. This is the longest cold flu and allergy season we've ever seen, but we're not alone. We've got Instacart. Sure, you may be a coughing snot faucet who just wants mommy, but you're not giving up! Not when cold medicine, fragrant herbal teas, and honey shaped like bears can be delivered through Instacart in as fast as 30 minutes. Now let's go win the sick playoffs! Daddy, I just want my soup. Oh, sorry, Sport App says it'll be here in, in a few minutes. <laughs> Instacart for the win. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. You can run, but you can't hide from the Class Hardcast. Haunting you from the Emerald Isle, your host, Aaron Doyle, takes you on a journey to the depths of horror. With exclusive interviews, horror news, reviews, and more. Tickets, please. You are about to enter the Theater of the Mad. Enjoy the show. Well, <laughs> welcome back everyone to Class Horrorcast. I am one of your hosts, Aaron, and I'm joined as always by uh, my best friend, my yes. other horror aficionado, conspiracy theorist, a man of many talents, actually, rapper. Um, yes. Anything else? Did I miss anything? Um, uh, I'm also, I, I, I pimp on the weekends. Oh, nice. I knew yeah. he was going to say something like that. <laughs> yes. Uh, how uh, are we? Yeah. It's been a while. I know. Uh, it has been a while, but uh, according to Aaron, we will be consistent from now on. <laughs> so it's all up to him because I, I push him all the time. Um, I'm good. It's an early morning on my side. I literally have um, coffee with, I didn't, the only whiskey I had was scotch. Uh, it doesn't taste that good, but um, it will get your morning started. That's for sure. Because all the fans that realize that we have to take into account our time difference, so we work with what we have, and that's why sometimes it's kind of hard to like be constantly pumping out episodes because the strange time difference. Uh, but we are getting we're getting locked down on this stuff, and we have many, many, many ideas. It's so irritating that there's a time difference. To be honest, there shouldn't be. Yeah, because we're all, we all don't we live on a flat Earth or something like that. Where it's, it's just like it's so <laughs> annoying though. Um, so but yeah, uh, welcome to another episode of the podcast. It's been a while. Uh, in this episode, we are venturing into the desolate and unforgiving New Mexico desert to unravel the horrors that lurk within the hills. That's right. We're diving deep into 2006's horror remake that shocked audiences and redefined survival horror. The hills have 100%. eyes. 100%. Rewatching this, um, like I'll, I'll, we'll talk about my thoughts about the film and stuff like that. Because uh, one thing I do for prep for the episode where Aaron gets all the information, I usually write down my thoughts as the movie goes, which I'll kind of, we'll get into that. But um, this uh, this movie holds a, a certain place in uh, my uh, ripped out heart that I'll eat on the side of a cliff. Because uh, like I when this came out, I was about 15. Um, and then I don't know. I don't, I don't think I saw it in theaters, but I definitely watched it as soon as it came out on DVD. I might've saw it in theaters, but this was a movie that actually did disturb me. And that did like make me what horror is supposed to do. It made you feel like uncomfortable. 
And I think that not a lot of horror does that anymore. Like, to be honest, I watched that new Boogeyman movie. I thought it was trash, man. Yeah, and I, I feel really bad for saying that because uh, I had a lot of respect for Rob Savage and, yeah. you know, what he done with that movie host and things like that. And his writer and co-producer, Jed Shepard, who is a really good guy. Um, you know, and from them coming from the UK... Uh, to to get some of the deals, I think they've gotten like a five picture deal now at Universal and Blumhouse. Yeah, to get that off the back of a an indie movie shot during COVID was like insane. But I feel like that with that movie, he succumbed to that thing that all new hot directors do, where the studio just beats you to a pulp. I the only like my why I have a bone to pick with it is because like it seemed like it was going a good direction, but my issue. Unless you're doing a movie like this, where it's meant to show everything and you're supposed to see the nitty-gritty details of what is happening and what who these people are and all that stuff, right? Uh, my my beef is always with these late these movies. They try to use too much CGI and it just like the making the boogeyman a creature bothered me. I'm like the idea of having something where you can't really see it. I feel like the the boogeyman from like years and years ago when I was like a kid or a teenager, it came out. I thought that one was better and that one was not even that good. Yeah. The one from like 2005, I think it something is. like that. Yeah. And I just, uh, some of these new movies, man, they just are disappointing. And I think it's cause there's who knows the woke culture and, and being, everyone's being sensitive. I don't necessarily know what it really is, but the, uh, certain new movies I've watched have really disappointed me except for, um, recently I watched, um, me a second. The um, Pet Cemetery, the new one that's on Paramount, actually really liked it. Well, and I've it, I it makes me watch that. Yeah, it's I actually really liked it. I thought it was um, I thought it was different. And then I'm trying to think. There's another movie that we also watched in the oh uh the Becky Becky on Revenge or whatever or Becky's Wrath. Awesome. Like I would talk okay. about the Becky movies. It's just the idea of this I little would, girl uh, beating the shit out of you. <laughs> I'll take your recommendations from now on since you gave me that recommendation about the, the children of the corn. So and I good. loved that. So I'm kind of envisioning liking that new pet cemetery. It was good. A similar I, kind of way. I, uh, I, I, I really liked it. I thought it was different that it held up and I just find a lot of movies try too hard nowadays and it's so disappointing or they show too much. They show way too much to me. That boogeyman movie, it was a replica of like seven other movies. The like, oh, the female character that's kind of been, you know, beaten down and plagued by this thing. And then the other character finds her or him or whatever, and they fight the monster together. It's been done so many times. It's recycled. And I will still enjoy what we get, you know, and I'll watch it. And But I am a, I'm an avid horror fan that really thinks that the genre is slowly going down a hill. Like, there's some that are, things that are good, some things that are bad. But especially with recent new movies, come on. It's... Not great. It's strange how um, I've noticed it a lot more lately where I've actually enjoyed things that aren't like the blockbuster movies. Yeah, yeah. More I agree. I agree. Than like the ones with the big hype. Like I feel like with Boogeyman, I was like super excited beforehand. Yeah. And like after the fact, I couldn't help but feel like it was... Um, how would I say it? Like a lot of like the trailer and the different things, 
it sort of felt like it was all put there to use that gimmick with the the like ball. Oh, yeah, I know the, the red like think think think. Yeah. It's just like I don't know. I was like, uh, and and nice. I think it's it's worth it to do for all the fans out there. We will be doing more like uh, I feel like even once a month, every other month, doing some sort of rant episode. I've I've talked about doing that on my show too because me and Billy attempted to do the sand down clown, but for like twenty minutes we were talking about how there's a, there's schools that have cat boxes in it, and it's just like it's hard to like like get in that right direction and it's like realistically that episode could have been 40 minutes but then it was an hour and 20 minutes because we were like talking about the weirdest stuff that's going on in the world so i think on both sides of the world when it comes to our shows it would be a good idea for the fans to kind of hear our take on stuff i would love to just chop it up um about horror movies and especially the recent stuff that we've watched because i just find it disappointing and i will go back and i will watch these movies that i've never seen before from the 90s or 80s or even like 70s and i'll enjoy it more than some of these new movies that have all these effects and cgi and and re-watching this was this is a movie i can tell you i've probably watched like i don't know 30 40 times like i feel i've watched this a lot throughout my childhood and throughout my life yeah, same goes for me. Um, so how how would you pronounce the director's name? Oh, I saw, uh, I have to look this up because I saw I was watching a little thing before we started, um, and mm -hmm. it's is he Finnish? Because I feel like there's all these dudes that are like Finnish or they're from Norway or something like that, and something like that or French something. Because he done High Tension, right? That was a French yeah. movie. Oh, he's French. I don't know. It's always, it's always just like it's, to me. I can't tell the difference between accents. It's just so bad. But it just seemed like. Um, there's always those random dudes. You remember Nightmare on Elm Street where it was like that random dude that they got? I think he was Finnish. And they always get those like dudes from like overseas to try to put these like Hollywood productions together. Alexandria. Alexandria? Alexander. Yeah, so they, yeah, so they pronounce it Alexander. Aja. And then I've heard people <laughs> say, aha. Aha. <laughs> Which is really yeah. weird. I don't know how it's actually pronounced, but... um. Yeah, this movie takes us on a gruesome tale um, on a harrowing road trip with the unsuspecting Carter family whose journey through the hills becomes a descent into madness. Mutated beings, the results of past nuclear testing, emerge from the shadows and what follows is a relentless fight for survival filled with disturbing twists and gruesome encounters. One, like I still love this movie. And no, it's crazy. Um, the original Hills Have Eyes, I think I watched maybe once when I was like 10 or 11, right? I recently went back and watched the original and uh, it's a totally different story. Really, it is. When it comes to like the details of it, it's fairly different. Um, and I actually really enjoyed it. I'm a huge fan of Wes Craven and as a crossover, I want to do a Famous Dead um, about him, like a whole episode kind of diving into Wes Craven because... I'm a huge fan. Um, you know, it's always like the hills have eyes, the people under the stairs, <laughs> like stuff like that. I love that movie also. Uh, but it was, it's cool. This whole premise of this film, because I feel like this freaks everybody out. And I have a conspiracy theory, obviously, when we get into it uh, a little bit. But this is based off the Sonny Bean family that me and Billy covered during like COVID. Uh, Cause I was like, oh, let's do something small. And this is the first time we tried to utilize being over the computer. 
and we did our best, but it's not ever the, it's not the same. We got used to this being able to do it from across the world and got good at it. But with me and Billy that actually like consistently do the episodes in house together kind of thing, it was like tough to really vibe off each other. Right. But that was still a fun episode because he had no idea about it. And it's based off essentially the Scottish cannibal family that like went out into the mountains and then would pick off travelers. And those stories could always be sensationalized. Uh, but there is truth uh, about it. And then it seems like Wes Craven kind of, um, took that whole idea, you know, cause this is, exists. Like, have you seen this? Can- I want, I've told you, I want to do like an episode about cannibal tribes and stuff like that. This stuff like this does exist out there and has existed, especially you think about like the 17, 1800s, even before that, where people had to survive through famines and stuff like that. You know, and Irish people, I, I doubt they're just eating potatoes, man. They're probably eating each other. <laughs> I'm sure there's plenty of uh, Irish cannibal clans through the history. Yeah. You know what is, is wild to me as well, actually? And I've just been thinking about this more and more in doing a little bit of research. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, the fact that he... Um, you know, obviously he wrote and directed the original and yeah. then he considered the remake after seeing how successful the likes of Texas Chainsaw was in yeah, 2003, yeah. I think it was. Um, the likes of uh, Amityville Horror had been announced a couple of years before that. It mm-hmm. hadn't actually come out yet, but he had kind of seen this happening. And um, the fact that he was so, like, clued in that he would have the idea to mm-hmm. want to remake his own movie that at the time was considered a cult classic yeah and hand it off to somebody else and have them write a different version of like a i guess the same movie yeah but like to be able to to be able to let go of the reins and be clever enough to know you know i don't need to write and direct this because i'm just going to do the same movie again let me let somebody else he did that a couple times, I feel like, right? Where he was just the director and they slapped his name on it, but it wasn't necessarily his vision, but he tried to adapt it in his style or whatever. Like, I think, like, The Curse, he didn't write. Stuff like that, which I feel like we'll get into at some point. Because, like, me and you are, like, when I was a young kid, right? I've told you this on the show before. Like, I loved, I was obsessed. I wanted to be a, a director when I was, like, 10 years old, right? Now, like, scripts or basic ideas for premises and, and stuff like that. I'd write down these cool taglines that I thought would be a cool, like, movie name in this book and stuff like that. And Wes Craven always, like, you know, there's always, uh, he always, I don't know, it's because of Nightmare on Elm Street, but then there's all these other movies. Like I didn't, I saw people under the stairs and I was like 14, 13. And I was like, this is good. Like weird, really weird, but like different. Right. Which I feel like, ha, I don't know. I feel like that has to be a commentary and an end of review. If we can do it all in one and then put one on the Patreon. Cause we want to push people to like help support the show on both sides of the world and stuff like that. You know, give love to your Patreon. And, uh, that movie is an easy commentary because there's so many weird stuff in that shit, like guy with the leather outfit. And even this, I feel like we could have pulled it off uh, at some point, but rewatching this, I rewatched it with Chelsea and she also remembers this was one of, and that's my wife for everybody. This was one of those films that like the, one of the first horror films she watched other than like she watched scream and stuff like that. But this was, I feel like a staple of like being a preteen and then this movie came out and everyone was talking about it and it freaked a lot of people out. There's some uncomfortable scenes in this movie for sure. Yeah, it's it really did succeed, I think, in doing what it what it intended to do. And yeah. it it's definitely uh, so that that time period in in horror is something that like I wish we could 
go back to or have a glimpse of again because I mean I love the remake of uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre me too Um, let me see what else came out around that time like uh, around that time there was a lot of movies that and maybe a lot of people wouldn't agree but like I love like things like House of Wax me too Uh, that came out in 2005 I love that this movie came out I love this movie uh, the Hitcher was remade in 2005, I think, or 2006, 2007. Sorry, love that. I uh, know um, it's funny. I don't. Uh, I don't know if I've ever seen that movie, or if I have, it's oh, been a long Sean time. Bean. Dude, yeah. that movie is. I love road movies, so like the whole idea of like. Wrong turn as, came out this time. Yeah. 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 Like there was a lot of good movies there. Ginger and, Snaps is like a kind of around the same time. Devil's Rejects was 2005. Like so many. What else have we got? Surely some some more. Uh, Land of the Dead, actually, I love that. Wrong Turn is like, Wrong Turn always like that. I still kind of like that movie. I haven't seen it in a while, but it was one that I yeah, remember I enjoying as a kid. Um, Last House on the Left, which is not terrible, but like I don't like those very... Those, you know, those movies. Uh, I just watched 1408 yeah. recently, and that was early 2000s, 2007. Um, and it, I loved it as a kid, but it is a little dry. But the whole premise and idea of the movie freaks me out. You know, the, what lies beneath yeah. that's so funny. Yeah. I was going to watch that recently. Because some of the, like, I don't know. It, I, I uh, What I think would be worth it, too, eventually, uh, I think I've seen it once in my life. It's been a very long time, is The Midnight Meat Train. Uh, Cause that's supposed to be as some oh, dude. That's real. Love that movie. It's supposed to be as connected to some real conspiracy stuff. Um, that Amer- American so Psycho. Good. Okay, there's uh, going through these lists is like wow. I want to cover this, cover that. Cause like American Psycho, dude. Those early two thousands, like just pushing the envelope on certain movies. That should is one of my like greatest of all times. American Psycho, because it shows truly shows that that good looking but psychopathic man. You know, it's. Jennifer's Body Trick or Treat. There's a bunch of good ones. Uh, I love Dawn of the Dead. Dead Silence, which we are definitely getting into very soon. It might be after this one because that's one of my favorites of all time. Mm-hmm. Um, you um you mentioned taglines uh, a couple of minutes yeah, ago, yeah. so I'm going to give you <laughs> okay. the, the taglines for it this one. Be and good. Let's see which one wins. Uh, so we have Life is Shorter Than You Think. That's it? Bit generic. Yeah. Uh, they're Watching. Yeah. They will be the last thing you ever see. Nah. Where the road ends, the hunt begins. That one's okay. Evil breeds. That's it? That's that's just gross, though. I don't like that one. And then the final one is the lucky ones die first. Kind of like that, but I definitely like the yeah, road ends where favorite. the heart, the uh, the hunt begins or whatever. Um, I don't know how we want to go forward with this. I have my thoughts written out. So I don't know if we want to discuss the film and then go forward throughout the film uh, as we kind of discuss this stuff. Cause uh, it, it's just it, like, you know, even the beginning, right. I put down like the dun, 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 like the guitar sound always got me when I was a kid. Like that's something I took from this film. And then the idea I put the creepy feel at the beginning of all the footage of the bombs being dropped uh, is something mm-hmm. that was like definitely stuck in my memory. And then all like the deformed babies and stuff like that. Um, my cons- you know what my conspiracy theory was? What? That we don't actually have nuclear bombs. There's like a there's a there's is people that really believe that we don't actually have nuclear bombs in the way they're claiming they do. 
and and this has been taken from different theories, and I'm not going to bring up all the theories or anything like that, but it's the idea that a lot of those, you know this nuclear test footage that they've shown us, um, or it's like blowing up and trees are whisked away, uh, that's like, it, people claim that that's just model homes, like on a small scale. Uh, cause it, I mean, it could very well be. Dude, there was a Joe Rogan episode, I can't remember the guy's name, and they were showing the footage, and he was like, look at this footage. He was like, the car is there, and then the bomb drops, and the car, this little car appears. And it looks like a toy car. And he was like, a lot of people think that the footage is actually not, uh, it's not actually full scale because he's even like, how would they protect the camera? And they're like, oh, they're behind a bunker. But he was like, the way they filmed it and the cameras that they would have used would have to be fairly close or you would see nothing. Like it wouldn't, it would be so grainy. You wouldn't be able to, if you were that far away in some sort of bunker, obviously they could have technology uh, further along than what we thought at the time. But I, there is a part of me that thinks, hey, they probably do have it. Uh, but there is a weird thing of like, maybe they never achieved it or they were stopped in some way to not be able to create this type of technology. But then it uh, throws to the wind the whole conspiracy about like aliens started to show up more and more once the nuclear uh, bomb was tested. Uh, now I've become death through the destroyer of worlds. And then they realized that like, oh, we have like nuclear power, so we need to like stop them from using it. And that could also be a theory too. But the footage, I've looked at it. It is weird because it looks fake. It looks like a model like sit town or whatever. It's this is the thing about conspiracies. Like I, uh, I go down rabbit holes and then I don't know what to believe anymore. And then I feel like that the conspiracy is a conspiracy to yeah. throw me off the real conspiracy. Hundred percent. Um, I didn't actually know that this movie got a uh, a decent amount of flack for um. So that that opening scene you're talking about, yeah, and all those flashes of deformed children and stuff, they're actual like. That wasn't created for the movie. They took actual images um, from the aftermath of um, Chernobyl. When they used well, no, when they used um, Agent Orange during the Vietnam yeah. War. Yeah, and that's what that. Now I think they were trying to push it that it was like a mixture of like uh, results from like Chernobyl or different things like that but apparently that's where the, those actual images were taken from and i didn't realize and even still i think on youtube there's a couple of like uh pretty like in-depth deep dives and all of them shit on the fact that a they used those images yeah, yeah. and b that they're trying to make uh make i don't i i, I really think this is a stretch but to make out that people with deformities are like grotesque and horrible and violent. I was like, not really though. It's a horror movie like yeah. about like inbred mutant people. So it's not like. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. 
That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. But because a lot of, apparently, a lot of the, and we'll get into some of them, a lot of the uh, characters actually have, like, the way they look are like loosely based off of real deformities. Yeah, yeah. but that happens, and they use the deformed people in circus acts because they were strange and grotesque to people, and it always was the result of mostly some sort of government experiment, uh, a parent drinking or doing drugs, something like that, like more or less... Um, or some medical experiments that Big Pharma loves to put out there. Uh, but like this, that idea is it's true that that does happen and it could be avoided at most most times. Like, um, you know who Ari the Rugged Man is, the rapper? Uh, yeah, vaguely. You, yeah, you should get into He's uh, He's pretty... He's, one of the, you know, he's the legendary R of the Rugged Man. And start, he started off rapping and uh, he would rap like he was retarded. So I was like, I was like, how do I soften this? But like, essentially, like a mentally challenged kid because his father uh, was a Green Beret in Vietnam and got exposed to Agent Orange because they were like not just exposing the Vietnamese uh, people to this, especially the in it, like eighty eighty uh, percent of people nowadays. Before it was lower numbers, but like now, uh, during that time, it was like sixty percent of people were uh, in war that were killed were civilians. Uh, now, since 2000 and ongoing to the recent conflict, it's 80% of people uh, that are casualties in war are actually uh, civilians, innocent people, right? So, like, he got exposed to it, and then I think Ari the Rugged Man was already born uh, before his dad went over there or just after, and he was the only one that didn't really have any problems. And then so when he first started rapping, he would act like his brothers and sisters because his dad... Well, his all his brothers and sisters were like mentally handicapped and challenged, and and really bad deformities because his dad was exposed to Agent Orange, and it changed his life forever. Right, his sister only lived through she was like twenty or something like that, and there's real repercussions for experimenting on the population or during warfare or any of that stuff. And they bring it back home, and it's not like they gave his dad or any of these people or veterans really anything. They let them die on the streets. It's like, you know, so the real reality of war and what people are fighting for, quotations. Can you uh, give us a a guesstimate on what you think the budget versus the box office was for this? This would be pretty decent. So we'll start with budget first. Where where do you think? Man, that's hard because that could be like anywhere. Um, Trying to think of basically what we've done, we've talked about... um, I might be overshooting this. Two million? Way off. Less or more? More. What? Ten million. More. Twenty million. Less. Eighteen. Less. Sixteen. Twelve. Less. Twelve. More. (laughs) Thirteen. More. More. Fourteen. Fifteen. That's pretty good. I I really went low because I was like, hey, a couple million could probably create this. Um, but then I just I realized you didn't take in fact like cameras and all that other stuff that actually really cost the most. Um, and then actors budget. And they shot a 
majority of this was shot in Morocco as well. So Oh, weird. Yeah, that would have cost money. Yeah, I, I tried to shoot on because the low end, but I'm like, realistically, Halloween was made for what? Like a million? It wasn't that much. So this, sh- sh- yeah, could be more. Um, that's pretty good. And then so what it made, so I made, office, made yeah. three times the amount. Uh, so what would that put it at? Uh, 50. So what, like 45? Yeah, something like that, 50. No, it made 70 million. That's pretty good. It's pretty decent. I feel like in 2006, that was probably pretty good. I said that recently. I was like, I just want to go back to that time, Aaron. And my wife's like, but no, we. I like living with you. I was like kidding around, but I was like, no, I mean like that time error of just like, just like late 90s, early 2000s. You know, other than the fucking, you know, the 9-11 is one thing, but I'm not American, so it didn't affect me as much. Uh, but it, it, we definitely, it was affected us, but not in the same way as America. But like, really, like, I have so many good memories of growing up as a kid in the 90s and early 2000s that, and then I couldn't imagine what it'd be like growing up now, man. I, it's, it's so different. Yeah. Uh, Terrible. And, and there were so many like good movies and like just the idea of like, you know, hanging out. You didn't have, I didn't have a cell phone until I was like 16. So like that's what I'm saying. Everything seemed way more wholesome. And I know like you could probably make the argument that everybody says, oh, you know, back in my day was the best time. But I genuinely feel like that to be, you know, a kid coming into a teenager in that kind of era was like, you know, like you said, no cell phones. Like I remember like my kid doesn't even have the concept of like, you know, when I say to him, he's like, oh, what if you wanted to play with somebody? You call him on the telephone. I was like, well, I was like, we didn't go online. I was like, there was no such thing as like going online on PlayStation. Yeah. So that didn't work. And then I was like, I would call to their front door. And he was like, yeah, to do what? And I was like, well, we didn't have like shit tons of consoles and like. No, you knock on the door be like, hey, you around? Is Bobby around? <laughs> you know? Yeah. And there was times like, you know, I would walk for 20, 30 minutes to somebody's house. 100%. Only to knock the door and be like, oh, no, he's not in. Yeah. I'm like, God. I'm like, ah, cool. Yeah. I'll walk. Cool. Home. And even like when I, when MSN first started popping off, you could be like, hey, what are you doing? And your friend not might not respond for like four hours. And you'd be like, okay, well, I'm already doing something else now. So fuck. Yeah. It's like a week later. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's just funny because I've been listening to a lot of my uh, my emo music, uh, you know, stuff I, you know, I, I rediscovered, like, there's this band called Drop Dead Gorgeous, and they're very, like, mm-hmm. hardcore, like, Dah! just, like, screaming. I really want you to show up on the show soon, just completely unannounced with an emo fringe again. I, I listen to me, I want to do that. That has to be an episode, but I want us to both dress up and not tell each other, like, I'll get the wig from Amazon. I'll do what I need to do, but it's got to be centered around some sort of episode. I'm, I'm going to figure out what, uh, there's got to be an episode we can do to be able to do this. But for all the fans and stuff like that, we have a plan to do a Patreon episode. I found a bunch of pictures when I was like younger to like when I like got rid of my emo haircut and it looks like this stupid bowl haircut. I'm like, man, I was going into grade nine looking like this. And it's just ridiculous, right? So, and it'll show you like how kind of we grew up in this. Mine are so bad. It's so funny. Mine are so funny. So I also had like, I don't know how you want to bring it in, but you think about the opening scene, you know, they're on like, they're going on vacation. The ideas are what? They're supposed to be going to California, I think. Uh, Yeah. They're, Something like that. So I think they're going from, they're going from Ohio yeah. to California in the RV and Obviously, Doug, who is like the, I guess, the stepson or whatever. Yeah, he does uh, not like You know, he, he, yeah, you can tell he's just like, why couldn't we just fly like normal people? But it's obviously Big Bob. 
yeah, played by uh, Ted Levine, who was like the dad. It was obviously his idea to do this like road trip RV thing. You can tell as well, like that he's, you can kind of tell, and I don't mean it in a bad way, but like it's that kind of old school family unit where like the dad comes up with the idea and the family just kind of have has to go, to go along, along with it. it. Oh, he was in, yeah. uh, he was in uh, the Silence of the Lambs flubber. I love that movie. Yeah, he's... Do you not know who he is in Silence of the Lambs? It's uh, fucking... With his oh, it ding is... Ding-dong uh, tucked in. Goodbye, horses. Is that who he plays? He plays the guy what, with Buffalo his Bill? ding-dong tucked in. Hey, yeah, Buffalo Bill. That's crazy. And he does the voice, I think, in... in he's a pretty big uh, actor. He's in a ton of stuff. Yeah. he. I think he done the voice as well in... Um, Evolution. Roadkill or Joyride or whatever it's called. Yeah, dude, I haven't seen Evolution in a long time, man. That's so funny. Remember that Paul Walker movie? Yeah. Roadkill or Joyride oh, or whatever? Yeah, joy, like, yeah, yeah, Joyride. You, you there, Candy King? <laughs> that's, oh, yeah, that's him. He's got the voice for it. I uh, know who yeah. I like in, in, in this movie, too. Dan Bird. Um, I think it's just because he was those early 2000s. Like, he's in a Cinderella story, and I was like, I'm not going to lie. As a kid, I told you I was obsessed with Hilary Duff. I loved her. Uh, Easy A, stuff like that, where I can, like, remember liking his, like, character. He was kind of funny, like, nerdy kind of dude. I love his character in this movie. There's a lot of characters that were well-grounded. Doug's character is, uh, that's one of my favorite parts in the entire film, which when, we, when we get into it. That fucking arc, dude. So, I remember before, like, I've always loved this film since the first time i ever seen it, but, um... I always, I, I don't know, I feel like in my head, I was always like, ugh, Doug. Doug is like the really yeah. annoying, like, fucking dickheady kind of guy. But then, if, from just re-watching it again last night even, like, the scene where um, where Bobby and Doug are, are in the RV thing. Yeah. I can't remember exactly where it is. It's right at the start. And he, I think like, it's smokes a cigarette or whatever? Or anything. Yeah, and he's, like, smoking the cigarette, and he's like, hey, what does he say to him again? He's like, uh, dude, Brenda will kill you if she finds out or something like that. He's like, uh, fuck your sister. Yeah. And he's like, Big Bob's going to be angry if he finds out you're smoking in his RV. And he's like, eh, fuck Big Bob too. <laughs> and you can kind of tell yeah. there's like a bit of like combativeness. Something there. And he, like, yeah. And he could be, he could be kind of like pushing. The thing is realistically though, when I was watching that scene, I was like, you would walk into there as soon as you parked or whatever. Oh, and yeah. it would stink. Like weed is so one bad. thing. If it if you had an hour to like let it go or whatever, weed would be easily you could get rid of the smell of it. Uh, but cigarettes, that shit sticks, man. It's fine because I wrote because once they get to like the beginning of it, you think about it, how we break it down is then they go to the creepy gas station, which is such a trope in a lot of these movies where they're on vacation or they're driving specifically. Right. It made me think of uh, the remake of um, Friday 13th, which I think is uh, definitely a worth talking about once. We do that deep dive because I think the fans will really like that is uh, this idea, right? That there's always this creepy gas station, especially the attendant that and it's in so many movies of like just pulling over and you don't know where you are. But there's this guy like that's a hick that, you know, he's probably like his his mother is probably his like grandma and his dad is his uncle. <laughs> you know, <laughs> yeah, he, he's um. And they kind of, this plays again into like the, the Doug character arc I've noticed because like you mentioned there, there's that like sense of maybe some sort of combativeness in him and uh, Bobby references something about, oh, you know, my sister cut your balls off or something. Mm -hmm. And Doug was like, oh, she done that a long time ago. And you can tell yeah. it's kind of like 
that thing where he probably has it in him but yeah. like i don't know like family life or trying to be like the good guy like the perfect husband has kind of like made him act a certain way and even when they get out of the gas station and he asked the 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 guy there he's like uh, have you got a phone or something like that and your man's just like nah like he just completely dismisses him as like you're not even a man yeah, you're yeah. just like a fucking you know i'm not even listening and that's why he, that's why his uh, character arc is um so good and i really and i really do think that it's played in the uh, throughout the movie and like it the starting's kind of fun and stuff like that and i even like the idea to me of being stuck in a desert and specifically because I'm not around that even in Canada, the worst thing, right? If you're going to, you're not going to get stuck. There's no debt. There's not really, I don't, there's not a desert in Canada. Uh, as far as I know, someone's probably like, well, there is in Manitoba or something like that. Some small one or whatever. But realistically, I don't think that would happen because it's impossible because if you, the further you go North, that's why people, I laugh and people are like, well, Canada can house all these people. Da da da. We're like the biggest country. Uh, only like 20 to 30% or whatever the number is, is actually livable. Because if you live within like the North Northwest territories or where the Inuits live, it's like impossible to survive. So like, and we're, it's realistically, we're not as big as people think it is when it comes to livable mm-hmm. area. Um, but I've never, I've, to be honest, I've never, as far as I can know, I've been to BC and it's, there's kind of places like that, but I've never really been to a desert, like a full on like, desert uh and the idea of being stuck up there you know you can survive in the winter if you had the means to because you can still you can drink snow if you really need to survive there's ways to do it you just need to keep yourself warm with a fire if you had the access to that right whatever but like being in a barren desert where if as soon as you run out of anything there's not much around to help you survive really yeah, because all you've got is like fucking dust and sand and rocks. Ca- and ca- uh, um, cactus that. milk would be like the only thing maybe that can help you survive. Even like uh, you mentioned the gas station and they, so um, apparently Craven and stuff originally wanted to shoot this in the same locations they shot the original. That's kind of cool though and if they would have done that. When they went and, yeah, when they went and scouted the area, like there had been like... <laughs> condos and everything built oh weird so he's like okay scrap that and they had issues and and the the director alexander he had suggested morocco a few times and yeah. they were like uh they're just like too weary about like terrorist issues and getting people over there and back and yeah just issues in general so i think they were kind of against it but he insisted and and eventually when they couldn't find anywhere else they decided to go with it it was um it was the area uh, i have it down here somewhere the the area is uh so they, they were originally going to use the original location of victorville california and then eventually settled for morocco in an area known as the gateway to the sahara that gas station was built on location there in the middle of nowhere and apparently it was that authentic that like people would be traveling across the desert and would pull in and try and like Oh, get weird. gas or whatever or get stuff yeah they had built everything and that's actually still been i'm not sure if i have the image here um oh cool that's yeah, been that's left even. that yeah and that's a do you get to play on words gas haven wes craven oh that's so funny that's cool <laughs> yeah um but yeah that that was just left there i think that's still there weird. today okay uh, uh i want to say there we go look oh it's just completely left trippy man It'd be so cool to like, I don't know, to like go there, like 
play a Ouija board. I know, there. yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Something like freaky. I don't know if you catch anything. Uh, do you, what about the, uh, the, the nuke town? Oh, I love that. Was that place there or did they build all that? So here was something I was really disappointed. Uh, that nuke town, they only built one like little section of like a street. Yeah. And then I didn't realize the amount of over 30%, I think of, uh, the shots in this movie are CG. Weird. So you know that scene where Doug comes up over the horizon and he looks down into that big crater? Yeah. Like before anything goes too crazy? That's all CG. Wow, that's cool. I, I know, yeah, I didn't realize. I even like wrote, like I said like how like the idea of people watching you but you didn't know is kind of creepy. And it's like goggle, goggle, whatever. Like it's just scary. Like they did all, all this movie kind of freaked me out. And um uh, I, I said, because like at the beginning, you're kind of lured into this idea that there is people watching and you don't really, you, the the audience knows, but the family doesn't know that there is people out there. They're out having a good time, you know, in a lot of these movies because it's they're trying to play on the, the real the real aspect of how realistic that could be is people not really knowing when things can hit the fan, right? The idea of you go back, um, which a lot of people were like interested by is our strange vacations episode is this idea. You're supposed to be out having, you know, a good time with your family and then you could have something could happen. It's something so easy of just falling over the boat drunk. Any stuff like that could just change your whole day. And, and, and so it's kind of interesting how they don't realize it until the dog. I hate that part though. Cause I love dogs is when he goes to find uh beauty and then which I, the whole, that whole, the thing of the dog getting revenge, which we'll talk about in a bit is like my, one of my favorite things. So good. Uh, but you know, the dog's cut in half and then you see like Ruby later. And I wrote down, like I, I always, I was creeped out by that guy sitting on the ledge eating the dog leg. Which he ends up getting it, so I'm glad that he does, because Beast seeks his revenge for killing his sister, obviously, the dog. But, like, him going, like, and then you, like, it pans up to see him, like, sitting there. Always freaked me out. Yeah, and I love um, how, so this is one of the few movies, I think, where you've got these weird deformed mutants that actually feel like they have some sort of character to them, in the sense of, like, they do kind of have their own unique mannerisms and like even um is it Pluto? He's the big guy, right? Yeah. That kind of looks like Slot from the Goonies. Yeah, yeah. Um even he has like facial expressions, which is weird. Um, oh yeah. Kind of hard to explain without having seen it. Yeah, yeah. But like he he has facial expressions that like um, you know, when when they attack the trailer. Uh, he he kind of like he's like smiling and laughing kind of like a baby when the baby is like cooing and shit yeah yeah I, and then he yeah. goes from that to like angry and sad it's just like creepy dude it is it is and it's funny because it does definitely play on that sloth aspect because he's like <laughs> like you yeah. know like that yeah. laugh and he's like loving this shit there is some definitely some characters uh in this movie but it is funny because like the one thing that I always like I liked about this film you know obviously being probably very into punk and rock and you know metal and stuff is as soon as like the night hits it's like dun, 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 and that's when stuff starts hitting the fan because once you're sheltered away and it is crazy because everything during the day looks the same at night but it's this that energy 
of just like darkness. And if you didn't have the yeah. electricity or some sort of fire, it's just it's pitch black. You can't see, right? Other than night. Something I I um, I kind of didn't realize. I don't think as much till I really like tried to analyze the movie yeah. was how like ten tense and eerie and scary they were able to make scenes that were shot in like really really bright like washed yeah, yeah. out. I agree. Areas. I agree. There, it's pretty crazy because the 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 whole feel of it did freak me out when I was like watching it, right? And the character specifically, um, I hate the cleft lip guy. But what I was gonna bring up too um, is the idea of when the dad finds the gas station, and then and then his realization of what is happening is such a good like it's it's a staple within the film of him being like. He's reading the newspapers on the wall and then he's like, you son of a bitch or whatever he says. And he starts to realize that that gas station attendant lured them in and, and, and it was used, um, you know, cause even watching it, uh, we we're like, he, she's like, well, why is he wanting to kill himself? And I was like, cause he's had like enough, right? Like when he realizes that he's in the outhouse and he's like, I tried my best or whatever. And, and then he like, he's done with it because he finally, after all this time feels the guilt of the situation. But that scene is pretty good of the dad's realization of what is actually happening. And then to, for them to show him as such this big, like boisterous yeah. character, ex-detective, has everything under control. He's like the family man, the head of the family. Yeah. And to see him kind of go into that panic. And then it's so jarring. Daddy. Like, like, blows his fuck. Yeah. Daddy. Like, he blows I his fucking that. head off. Man. With the shotgun. That scene is crazy, I, dude. I remember watching that as a kid when it's just like, boom. And it like, like, what a scene, dude. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. And they show like it. Um, yeah. That, and that's the thing I like. And I think that's a testament to, to KMB um, FX Studio. Like they have a lot of these films that we talk about absolutely loving. Yeah. KMB are the ones who've done all the effects on them. And it's actually interesting in this one. Um that the co-owner of KMB is on screen right now in the bottom right. The guy? He he also had a cameo as that character called Sist or whatever it is. The guy with the fucking head. Oh, the cephalite. Oh, no. I thought, okay. Oh, yeah. On the right. Yeah. That's funny. Really? Yeah. That's Greg Nicotero. That's guy's good. That's a good character, though, too. 
the idea of like your yeah, neck being looking. all messed up and stuff. So you have to like probably keep it propped up in that way. Um, it is crazy because I, I we've told like I've said that we we should definitely do an episode uh, on special effects, especially practical effects, and kind of praise. You know, I love practical effects, man. I'm like, I'm not a huge fan of CGI. I'm not like, I'm not a, I love Star Wars. I'm not a huge fan of the prequels because of how over exhausted the CGI was. You know, there's something about yeah, practical yeah. effects and it may not look as real. Sure. Even with the modern day CGI, but then it's like kind of funny because it seems like it's gotten worse in some regard and some aspects and some movies. Uh, but practical effects, I feel like you can kind of, I don't know. There's something like about it. Like even the, the practical effects they have in this film is uh, amazing, uh, and they do look very real, in my opinion. Yeah, and and I had uh, there's a, a making of documentary <laughs> that axe in the, the head the... picture on the, everyone will go watch the <laughs> oh, <YouTube. yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the um there's a making of like I think it's like forty five minutes long maybe on YouTube yeah um and the full thing is on there and like I I watched it the other day. And I like their style for this, where they were like, we, we weren't opposed to using CG, yeah. but it was only going to be used to complement practical effects or to clean up something in post. It wasn't going to be the main yeah. focus. It was only used to just complement all the practical stuff. And then like it, the idea of CGI putting people out of work that actually have spent their life learn- life's learning how to you know, do these practical effects that look really well done. I'd rather have that, man. I'm sick of CGI. I'm sick of everything being fake and AI and everything else. I'd rather be like wholesome, wholesome, bloody ass, real blood, you know, just coming out of the head. And I don't know. There's like, uh, I miss that stuff. And also I'm not sure. And there's a name on this, but, um, I don't care. Like when people say, Oh, it's getting more and more realistic looking to me. I can clearly tell me too. something to CG. Yeah. Me too. Like from a mile away. And it's like really jarring to me. Like if I'm if I'm at the movies and I'm I'm watching something and something comes on screen as CG, yeah. instantly I'm like I feel like my eyes are locked on to the fact that that's not part of the scene. Yeah, hundred percent. And as much as even like I, I I'm I love the new avatar. It was the same story, but the it looked beautiful and I watched it a little on a little mushrooms and stoned, right? And the story got to me because it's all about like the the men being, you know, fighting for their women and stuff stuff like that, right? It wasn't as woke as they could have created it to be. But like still, as much as it looked beautiful, you it's I don't know, there's something about it. You can just tell it's fake. It's not real. It's not real in the way that it could be, as much as it's so well done. It didn't even look that great for how far we should have came with technology at this point, you know? Yeah, and that's my thing, and I, I would much rather just be given something practical. Yeah, and even so, I want to talk about this, uh, maybe bring us back on, on scene, is by far the most disturbing aspect of this film is the idea of the big R word, of, and and yeah. listen to me, I didn't realize how far they pushed it as a kid because I probably was with my friends be like, oh, like grabbing each other and stuff and like being like, ew, right? Or like with a chick and just like, you know, closing her eyes or whatever. Um, but uh, what always got me, and I wrote this down because it's funny because rewatching these films, I'm able to like relive somewhat of my memory as when I first watched them. And the things that I can get brought up in my head, I write down. And I was like drinking scotch and stuff like that, watching them. It was fun. Like I had like a, I had a bunch of glasses of scotch while we sat down. I smoked my big vaporizer that I have. And it was just like a nice kind of chill vibe. But that idea of him 
uh, Pluto breathing, going <sighs> over her. And then, you, okay, you don't really realize what's going on. This whole chaos ensues um, of the boys realizing that that scene's crazy, too. The dad being lit on fire. And then just that, that whole trailer attack is like probably one of the most chaotically frightening scenes that I can remember from yeah. a movie. Like they that. distract the everything. That, like, yeah, and it's like you know they're out there trying to fucking put him out, and he's like screaming in pain. They're all screaming, don't know what's going yeah. on because it would be like to think about it, right? From their perspective, they've gone from having some sort of a blowout on the tires yeah. to you know, their husband slash dad slash stepdad being tied to a stake and on fire in the middle of the desert. So you're going to be like, what the fuck? And then the realization when you hear the screaming from the trailer and it's like, oh God. Is this the reverse Ku Klux Klan? <laughs> There's like burn the white people. It's just like. It's wild because how fast fuck? that shit just like accelerates and then goes to this the chaos. It's pure chaos, right? And then the women being in the trailer and then the men not noticing. And what I found, and I wrote this down too throughout the film, is they always try to lure the males away from the females. And to me, it, it is, I think that that shows, like the, uh, that, think about this, there's predators out there, right? Um, I can't remember, there, I started watching something and it was like, he was a not a cop or like a FBI. No, I wouldn't trust the FBI, but some sort of like agent uh, that's like studied this stuff or private detective type of guy. And he said that when a predator is looking uh, to you know do something to someone of a, you know, a minor a young person, right, a kid, uh, they will look at the dad. And if the dad is some strong, intimidating dude, they're less likely to actually attack. Um, or lure in said child or, or, or young person, right? Uh, so it shows that there is like, as much as people want to blur these lines of what men and women are, there is a big difference. And and if you are strong enough to be able to be capable of fighting, like you have jujitsu under your belt, I actually want to take a defense class. Uh, and like I've, I've fought my whole life, right? Try to fight kids as a kid. And I got jumped by five kids when I was like 15, 14, because they didn't like that. I called their friend a goof. Uh, that's why, cause we were just talking about this. And you know, this idea of like that, you got to learn to stand your ground, especially to protect the ones you love, especially as a man. And then it, it, they lure them away, right? A whole film is them luring away Bobby and stuff the entire time. They keep luring him away. Uh, and so the males are not there to protect. And that scene of, like, them coming into the trailer, dude. And I think um, it really sets the tone for uh, how well they've adapted to their location now. Yeah, yeah. The fact that we see, you know, like, for the those opening couple of scenes, Big Bob is established as just that. Yeah. You know, it's like that Big Bob character. He has the big fucking revolver. He's the ex-detective. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He knows how to solve shit. And the fact that he's the first one to get fucked up and lit on fire, mm -hmm. I think, kind of goes to show the audience, oh, Big Bob is dead, so, like, this is all bets are off. 100% now, because they took insane. out the strongest player, technically, right? You want to think about it that way, is the strongest player. If you think of any competition show, uh, if you're smart, you know, I watch the challenge and stuff all the time, you want to have, you want to take out uh, the the top person if you if you you should get into the challenge i've been watching it for since i was a young kid and it's on like prime and stuff like that it's great because it shows the idea that you want to take out 
you should want to take out the strongest person. A lot of times people like politic, but realistically, if you're in like some sort of warfare or something, you want to take out the big dude, big dog first in a strategic way. Yeah, because then like no nobody ha- like because you could see from that point then because several times actually in the lead up to this. Yeah. Um, they ask like, OK, big, big Bob, what are we doing here or what's the plan? And you can see instantly when they realize that he's been burnt at a stake, everybody just fucking loses their mind. Hmm. Now, obviously, I know that that's because there's somebody on fire. But like, I think that there's like a maybe a metaphor behind that as well, in the sense of like now nobody has any guide or direction or leadership. Yeah, yeah. 100%. So everybody's just fucking, everything and, seems to be going everywhere. And that's when they pan to this whole thing of like him being like, <laughs> like oh, breathing over her. And like, uh, I didn't realize when rewatching it how far they do push that. And there's so many moments in this film where you're like, whoa, like I didn't expect it to go that direction. And uh, Pluto being like the the big dumb guy. That is the whole premise. He is the big dumb R word, right? Like, I mean, offend people. I don't use it in the same. I use that as a term of like, you're like dumber than dumb. Like this is, you know, and then you see him coming in. He's like breathing over her. And I didn't realize the cleft lip guy. I would say, I don't know. I can't remember his name. Uh, lizard. Oh yeah. Lizard. Ew. Yeah. Yeah. And he, him actually, he full blown, like he rapes Brenda. And I didn't realize that when I was a kid. I don't think as much as they kind of play on it. But when he, like, smells his fingers, it's definitely meant to gross out the audience. And actually, actually Wes Craven is kind of good at that aspect of things, too, is pushing the limits on those type of, especially in the 80s. Like, didn't he do uh, The Last House on the Left? Yep. So in, That movie on set. Was yeah, I, I will never rewatch that unless we have to do it for a show, but it's not my jam. Uh, and then you realize when she puts her hand against the window, like she's Rose and Titanic, and it's, you know, it, you realize what's happening. And I didn't really think about it. I thought that, you know, maybe he just like got a little finger action in there. Um, it's funny because on my show, I'll say the most outlandish shit, but I'm like, try not to do it on your show. But like he gets in there and then you realize that he's pulling out his, dingy dong right it's like yeah and it's it's so (laughs) gross because he's like oh god like from watching it again last night i I actually didn't realize like how much they imply he's given her like back shots yeah and like just that like trusting and the fact that he's like doing this kind of weird like moan slash like you can tell like that he's like finished or whatever and like just like the the look on her face and she's like covered in blood and shit and like uh, the whole thing is just like you know her her mother has been blown across the trailer by getting I know. shot in the stomach. That shit's wild. The whole when it, she comes in, she like actually tries to do something, and then that like it's crazy. I, I realistically, I don't know how much that would, but if you had a in a small location and you were close enough with a shotgun, you could probably like someone would probably if they were light, they would launch across the room, just like that. Like you it's know, wild. The fact that, you know, he, he, he grabs the other daughter then and, like, he's, like, pointing the fucking gun at the baby's head. Yeah. I'm like, whoa, this movie really went for it here. This 100%. Like, and he's like, 
he starts breastfeeding. It's so funny. Oh, man. It's so funny how much they push the limit on this film because I was like, I told you, I want you to experience Kenny versus Spetty uh, with me, which is a Canadian uh, prank show, like a uh, competition show with friends, right? And they do who can take care of the baby, like a baby the longest, and they get like the animatronic babies. And the essentially, they got in so much trouble because the one guy was like throwing it against a wall because he was trying to mess it up so then he could switch out the babies later. It's very clever. Uh, and then, like, essentially kills it in what they would test it on. And he was getting in trouble for that. And he's like, it's a doll. We were watching the commentary because now years later they're doing commentaries for these episodes. He's like, it's a doll. He's like, they were giving us so much fucking issue for this. And he's like, I, he's like, I hung it off a bridge. Who? It's a doll. He's like, there's kids on YouTube, like, doing horrendous stuff that is okay. But he was like, us doing this at the time was not cool. And it shows how much they were, like, especially in this film, pushing the boundaries. And as a kid, I'm, I'm pretty sure I didn't expect... Um, lizard to actually shoot, uh, what's her name? Uh, Lynn in the show, Vanessa Lynn, Shaw. Yeah. Or, yeah, yeah, crazy. Yeah, I didn't expect again, that. like, yeah, and, and it's weird, right? Because you've seen so many unexpected things. I think the standard beat for a movie, especially a horror movie, doesn't normally kind of go like you know, quiet and then like you'll have like something big happen and then quiet again yeah. and something big happen and we go through our acts whereas this like we get to that first kind of attack let's say yeah. and it's like boom 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 one after another is like shoots the mom rapes the chick yeah. uh shoots the sister in the head is gonna shoot the baby it, like the whole thing is just like, they're, they're, they're gonna take the brenda but obviously to be bred which is like the, the most disturbing thing and like i think once we get Scary. into hills of ice 2 I, I love the first one. The, the second one I've watched maybe like five times, six times. It makes me feel uncomfortable. Uh, it makes yeah, me want to, after doing this, like in talking about this, it makes me want to go watch it after this just to like get back, get into this while I can kind of thing. Um, but it's one of these movies that almost like they did, I don't know. They made it disturbing for the sake of making it disturbing. And the idea of the most disturbing thing about some inbred family uh, that is, you know, living in the hills is they have to keep their their lineage going. They have to, the more people you have, and you think about this uh, back in the day, if you had a farm, right, you would produce a bunch of kids so they could be farm hands and help you tend to the livestock and the animal or the animals and the, and the, you know, the wheat or whatever you're growing corn. And you would need that back in the day. Nowadays, right, it's, we're a totally different society, but that's what you would want. The more family and more kids you have, the more that they can help out around the farm. And then so same my premise with this is you would need more and more pre people, crazy people to be able to survive. Yeah. And it's like that thing of, I suppose every, ch every little chance they get to be able to kidnap women yeah. to breed them is like, they have to take uh, it. That's why I haven't minds. seen number two in a while. And that, I just remember the military stuff. Just, uh, um, yeah. There's, I didn't realize actually that there, so you, we were talking about like, uh, obviously pointing the gun at the baby's head yeah. and you were mentioning you know other things and people have gotten shit for doing things yeah. like that and if you if you watch the the making of documentary uh they talk about it like yeah we had some severe issues with uh pointing the gun at the baby's head sure and like <laughs> instantly like my ears perked up and i was like well of course yeah. i would imagine that that would be an issue and he was like, no, 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 it was no issue with like anything like that. It, the issue was the baby would laugh and grab the 
gone. Oh, yeah, that's not good. So we had to shoot the scene like 20 times because the baby thought it was a toy and would like grab. Yeah, which we kind the of thing. He was like, no, no, we we had no because I was like, I was waiting for him to be like, oh, we had so many issues yeah. with like, you know, all these different laws and different this and different that. And maybe they didn't want to put it in the movie. He was like, no, that wasn't actually the, the hurdle. The hurdle was to try and get the kid to not grab the gun or like laugh to be honest as much as they like they like to like ban certain movies or whatever for certain content um at the end of the day if it's rated r and that's why there's movies that are that would have pushed the boundary further that would have been nc-17 but realistically to me if it's rated r i feel like you should be able to put the most fucked up shit in the movie as long as it's fake is that a real body being murdered or whatever? I feel like R should be that line. NC-17 should be more if it's like a on the edge of being like a porn movie. You know? Like there's, there's a lot of sex, so they can yeah, kind yeah. of like push that boundary and just be like, hey, this is not going to be shown in theaters. But realistically, for a I horror movie, and, or even any movie, R should be like, all right, you're able to push the boundaries on most things. I think at one point... Uh they were looking at giving this an X rating. So crazy. Right yeah. that. Is that like the worst? Yeah, that's worse than NC-17, um, I think. And, and yeah, and there was stuff like there's an unrated version of this and, and I don't know how many deleted scenes are in it, but that, that trailer attack actually was supposed to be even more gruesome. They had the idea of, so you know the way he bites the bird's head off? Yeah. And that whole thing. So they weren't going to use birds originally. They were going to use kittens. Oh, fuck. And... Uh, lizard was going to come in, get the kittens, two or three kittens, shove them into a blender. And you know the way he grabs the milk and he's yeah, drinking yeah. the milk? Yeah, yeah. He's drinking the milk and then he pours the milk in on top of the kittens and turns the blender on. And then him and um, Pluto like drink the like chunky milkshake wow. kitten thing. I they should have done that. And he's like screaming <laughs> and like doing That's it. But so apparently crazy. he pitched it to Wes Craven and Wes Craven was like, we're not doing that. Maybe he loves kittens. It's pushing the boundary on something, it, but they're supposed to be these... It didn't elaborate, but it just said apparently that Wes Craven was the one that was like, nah, no, we're going to leave it at just the rape and like the shooting everybody. Because it's we'll, already we'll far enough. Yeah, and I feel like if you're... Pu- like the idea that they're supposed to be like complete maniacs. Um, I don't know. I feel like they it could have been achievable. Like <laughs> The idea is you're supposed to... These people are supposed to be complete psychopaths, right? So then the idea of, like, I, I did write down that I liked when the dog gets revenge on the watcher, essentially is what I'd call him. Yeah, like yeah. A great yeah. scene. Because, like, this movie, what I find progressives progresses into more and more, like, vengeance, which Wes Craven is good at doing, obviously, because he at least helped produce it, is it, it, it excels into this, like, okay, they've had this horrific traumatic event happen to them, and then slowly they kind of gain their revenge uh, in, in different ways, uh, you know, and then I realized that the pickaxe like graves in through the tunnel when Doug is going down, I realized that that's the family, right? That's the family of the, now the killers, you know, and yeah, I didn't realize yeah. that at first. And I was like, yeah. Oh, cause they all hid down them. We hid in the mines, you know, that when, uh, um, yeah. that you, know, it's, you get that bit of exposition. Yeah. And know what's crazy that, that, uh, you know, cephalitis guy with his big ass head or whatever, do you remember when me and Billy did the melon heads? Like we talked about like the idea of them being a real thing. And there that dude down yes. in the corner. Man. He's fucking scary. Big brain. I know. Is that his name? Big brain? Him. Yeah. So Goggle's still alive, right? When he's like, Goggle. Oh no. Uh Goggle is who? The watcher guy, right? 
Because I feel like at the even oh, yeah. at the end yeah. they still like there's still that like radio turns on and it looks like somebody's watching them. Am I wrong? Isn't that how it ends? Yeah, where it, it zooms back yeah. out and it looks like someone's looking through binoculars. Oh, so creepy. You know what's funny? Like even the the whole premise of I love when Doug goes into the town with the bat, gets a get gets a weapon and starts to like finally progress towards uh, wanting revenge. And and out of a, a lot of characters in horror movies, man, Doug gets the like living shit beat out of him. He gets beat yeah. up so yeah, bad, dude. You know what I, I I was watching this last night and we were just sitting there and I, you know I was thinking like because obviously I have a kid yeah. and I was like you know what it's probably not that unbelievable to think that if you were stuck in that situation you're like right everything is already fucked yeah. I don't know what's going on there's all these mutant <laughs> people and now my newborn baby has been like taken by these people I don't really have anything to lose at this point I can't even escape if I wanted to so let me just go and try and fucking do something yeah. It's fine because I was thinking about like what I would do in this situation. Uh, I would, uh, I would one hundred percent be done. My this uh, this this rage and your human instinct to survive would take over, and I would just. It's happened throughout history, man. There's real stories of like mothers being able to lift a car because there's like their babies underneath it and stuff. Yeah, like it's tr- yeah. true stories like this have happened where people's strength go beyond what our, you know, what we can imagine uh, the human capability is. And and that's why I think that this reality is not as real as we think it is. Uh, and that if you ex- push past this, like the idea I've always thought of like, you know, the matrix movie where he like bounces off the cement. I'm like, what if you truly believe that in your head? You really, really believe yeah. that. But at the end of the day, that fear will always take over. But he pushes past that limit of what the human body can take. Because even when he, fi- he like, I love this movie because the little things that they add into it where he's, like, taking the baby away. Uh, and he, like, the weird um, lesbian-looking bald chick that's, like, you know, uh, she has no hair oh, anymore, freaky. you know? So she's, like, combing the hair of, like, the doll. And then when she appears, when he saws the kid, is like, you know, because you're not expecting it at all. Um, I was just looking up here, right? I'm not sure if I, I feel like I had something down about that chick. So we have a, so Big Brain uh, apparently uh, suffers from an extreme case of hydrocephalitis. Yes, that's what I was going to say, cephalitis. Explaining his large distended head and bloated throat. Big Mama. Lacks deformities entirely aside from her baldness <laughs> and obesity. <laughs> that uh, is secondly cyst suffers from neurofibromatosis, yeah. which explains the reddish lesions all over his body. Cyst is first seen by Doug dragging a female car, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Uh, goggle having two patch job slits in his face in place of a nose, as well as patchy pink and red skin. Lizard, a severe cleft lip and malformed jaw. Pluto has a misshapen head and face and appears to be mentally impaired. Ruby fingers are fused together, um, while her appearance of her face suggests go- golden hair syndrome. Weird. I don't know what the fuck that is. Um, and then like it just says that they all seem to suffer from like skin disorders and stuff, which may be due to the like where they are, I yeah. suppose. Well, and the the nerve like I don't know if you, if it was a nuclear bomb or like. Um, some sort of nerve gas and you were able to survive that, it would affect like your skin probably and the way your skin adapts to like sunlight and stuff. Yeah, for sure. And, and it is funny because yeah. like, and then I put like uh, waking up in the freezer always got to me, cue the guitar, 
right? And then that like pure determination, dude, of him, but mm-hmm. dun, dun, like so good. And then he's like freaking out. And the fact that he was able to like, because realistically you would be able to, if you push that hard enough, but when he lights that match and there's like the dead bodies all around him and he pushes past that limit of what we think, you know, humans are capable of doing and he snaps the latch and then it's like go time where he's like, all right, I'm going to fight to survive, you know? And I do t- definitely think that there's something like people might say, oh, that's far fetched and it's in a movie and blah, blah, blah. I don't know if you've ever watched like uh, anything like David Blaine has yeah, done or say like his appearances on Joe Rogan and stuff. And he puts that shit through his fucking arm and stuff. Yeah, yeah. And he talks about like, obviously, it's not it's not a magic trick. He's actually putting it, you know, he, he went and went to doctors and stuff and they found out exactly where he misses all the vital yeah, things. So crazy. And he trained that. Yeah. But the fact that he was like, you know, Joe's asking about pain thresholds and things like that. And he was like, no, it's, it's, there's a place you can go to if you truly want to, that like you can, so when you think wild. you're done yeah. or you think you've had enough. You're still pressed. I'm sure that's like some wild. sort of addiction for him too. You know, and then you have breakfast time and then you have like Pluto smash through the wall. Cause there's so many like memorable scenes in this. And even when he leaves, I would have never left big brain alone. Like a, alive, you know, and Chelsea's like, well, maybe he want, they wanted him to suffer or whatever. And I was like, I would have killed him because then he gets on the. I would have bashed yeah. his fucking head in. I wouldn't even care. I would have been like done with all these people. I'm like, I'm going to take away your whole bloodline. I don't care. And then when the dog yeah. beast comes out and kills him, it's like satisfying. And I love, I love the idea that they have a dog. Uh, they murder one dog, which is a huge bad thing. Like, you know, Halloween was known for that. Like, oh, Michael Myers killed the dog? No way. And then this one where the Beast, Beast is able to get revenge for beauty being discarded and killed in the way that she was is one of my favorite parts of the film because I love dogs. And the idea of the dog being like, no, fuck you. You know, I'm going to like... That would also, I I thought about that. Like, I have a dog um, and like he's, like most people's dogs, he's part of the family. Mm. And, uh, you know, it's like, I, I was sitting there thinking about that now. And I was like, if some motherfuckers killed my dog or took my dog, took my kid. And I was like, I would probably be exactly the same as Doug right yeah. now. And that's not to be like, I'd be the hero and I'd be MacGyver and I'd fashion all these weapons and do all this stuff. But like, I think I would like probably legitimately be like psychotic. Yeah. And it is cool. Like I actually love the scene where like, um, Doug is seeking revenge. And I said that I wrote down the anthem that plays when Doug finally kicks some ass when it's almost like some, like, and it shows like the American flag, and him like shoving in his head and all that stuff. And it's like, it's an anthem. If you listen to the soundtrack in the background, it is very like an uplifting, like, dunna, dunna, dunna. Like this very, like, he's kicking some ass finally. And he finally gets this revenge on these people that like killed his wife and molested his stepsister or whatever, or sister in law. And uh, there, there's so many good, uh, well done parts about this movie when it comes to the content of what it actually is. And stuff like that. I just like, I love, my favorite part of the entire film is the, the upliftingness of when he finally gets, you know, the revenge. Well, then like, even I wrote down, I was like, when he's going through the house and it's like, mister, would you play with us? And he's like, in his head, he's probably thinking, oh no, there's like children here too. Yeah. Like, I don't know if you were in that position, would you just go and bash their heads in as well? 
I couldn't. There's no way because they just they don't know any better. They they're just being told what they're taught, and, and that's the idea of still in our society, right? I'm not gonna get that too much, but people only know what they know, right? You only know what you're taught. So if someone's teaching you some outlandish, unfactual bullshit, you could you grow up believing that. Okay, but like think about this, right? God forbid, Chelsea's dead. Your kid, let's say you've just had a new kid. The kid is taken. Yeah. Uh, Charlie, your dog has been like good. Yeah. Would you not just go over and like boot those fucking kids' heads in? There, there would be a part of me that really wanted to do something really horrible just because of the sake of revenge and being like, well, you did this to me, I'm going to do this to you kind of thing. Because it's like that thing I think where, and you can see it with Doug, and I think it's really well done. Actually, I didn't realize until I rewatched it last night how well done his whole character arc is in the sense of like, it would go from, because I would probably be that like scared shitbag yeah, yeah. to begin with. In a way, now, not that I would, like, you know, I wouldn't throw the women in my family in front of me as a shield no, or anything, yeah. but, like, I definitely wouldn't be, if something like that happened to me, straight away, my instinct wouldn't be, let me run outside and start, like, punching everybody and, like, trying <laughs> to kill know. everybody. Yeah. I'd be like, let's fucking hide in this thing and try and figure out how to get the fuck out of here. I know, because, like, in leading to, like, the ending of the film, right, it's kind of cool that, like, um, Bobby and Brenda... It's funny how their names are both B. Uh, that was obviously on purpose, probably. But like how they be, they like home alone the situation to some extent. Yeah. yeah. And I think that was yeah. kind of cool. And then they get scared by like the tumbleweed. But even when they explode the trailer, even like my wife was like, like now they've lost all their resources. And I was like, technically, that's like your last route for one guy. But then you see him shooting the bullets like their candy and not actually focusing one shot to the head could have killed yeah. that dude. I'm like, come on. I know that, you would have been really, panicking, but I would have like focused yeah. and then just like launched. Right. Like e even fucking, I was really shocked by when they had big Bob's character do that after I the know, dude just blows like, his head off. Yeah. yeah so. And he just starts randomly shooting. I was like, is this, did he not say at the start of this that he's like an ex detective for like all these years and now he's just randomly firing shots? I said so much in movie that I know you would panic, but the idea if you've had training in that, oh. you would just be focused and calm. And then if something came at you, like a video game, you think about it, you shoot it. You don't like, you know. I would feel so much better, not to say that I would survive, but I would feel so much better in that situation if I opened the glove box. And I had that giant revolver yeah. or a pistol or something. I know. I'd be like, well, I don't feel as bad. Now. No, I would feel like, and then come at me because they all have like pickaxes and some weapons. But I think it's the second one where they actually kind of get a little, a couple of guns, don't they? I have to re actually mm -hmm. be interested. Maybe I might watch that today. Wrap my thoughts out. If you eventually want to do like a quick episode. Oh, 100%. On number two. 100%, um, but, you know, if we want to bring it close to an end, we can get maybe a couple of fun facts where we bring this to a close if you have any more. But the idea is I, I, I wrote um, one of the, the, the whole arc is great. Um, but when Doug comes over that hill with that dog and he's barely alive because he's had the shit beat out of him. And then I wrote down, I wrote down, Ruby! When Lizard is still like uh, alive. And it's crazy that they let him, he lets him live. He just like kicks him and assumes he's dead. Instead of like, I would be like making sure one bullet to the head just in case. And then he like drops the shotgun and like, I don't know. There'd be a big part of me that would want to see them like eviscerated. Like I want you gone from reality, right? And it's just... And then Ruby finally saves the day. At the end, at the end, the the chick that maybe sees the the impacts of what her deformed family has done, and then she saves the day in some way, or he would be dead. Yeah, because like, 
I would even be thinking, like, let's say you had no rounds left in the shotgun yeah. or something. I would use the butt of that yeah. shotgun and I would smash his head into mincemeat. I know, because why? Like, I feel like he'd be such a rage. Um, and, and like, I think it's something that I didn't actually really uh, hone in on until yesterday was. So, like, Pluto, if you look up anything for this movie, right, yeah. Pluto's face is shown probably more than anybody. Yeah, yeah. I because I think he's such a big hulking character. But if you think about it, right, Lizard is actually the real scumbag of the story. Yeah, he is. He's the I, I because he yeah. kills he kills the mother. He kills the uh, the sister. He rapes the other yeah. sister. He's the one that's like telling them to take the baby. Yeah. He tells the chick, "I'm I'll be back for you." He's trying to fucking kill the Ruby girl. Yeah. And, so like he's kind of like the dark. And that's why it makes you kind of want to watch the second one. And I feel like it will intrigue the fans a little bit too. Cause like I haven't seen it in a bit, but the idea that there's definitely gotta be more of them. Because like would it just be this family? We only saw one female, like, you know, like they're really it is kind of uh we don't we only see a couple of characters. We don't see maybe who would be running the show, yeah. the big bad dad or something like that. And it doesn't make me eventually I think it would uh would be justified to maybe do the original Hills of Eyes, but in a deep dive, because is there not a second one of the original too? Yeah. There so, is. and I, I think I've only, I've only seen them like once or twice. Like, and I really do like the first it's one. It's funny. It's funny you say that. Cause I, uh, the last thing I have written down on the notes were, uh, even though we only see several mutants throughout the entire film, the level of violence is crazy. Yeah. and makes the audience wonder how many more of these creatures are hiding out in the hills or mines. Maybe we haven't seen the worst of this clan yet. 100%, because if they were using people for breeding, you think there'd be a lot more than what we see. These people look like when he's like, we went into the mines and we hid and your people drop bombs. Boom, boom, which will always be a, a memory in my head. But like, realistically, the, the, the people that we see seem like the people that have survived the bombs being dropped. So where's all the people that they bred, even teenagers and stuff like that, interestingly enough. And it's funny because I feel like, like they could redo this in a way where they change the name a bit. The Hills Have Eyes something, right? Like, don't name it one, two, or three, yeah, right? Like yeah. that. Just like have it where it's like a tagline name with the Hills Have Eyes. Because then I was thinking... They couldn't redo this now. Okay, I, I know the idea of... The gas station dude is like, you know, sending people down that road or yeah. whatever, that whole thing. But I'm, I was thinking to myself, then I was like, realistically, though, how many people are going to come by here? So what happens if there's like no people come by for months on end? But then I was like, you know what? It's a really sick thought. Um, Like they're probably breeding like, like those kids when they get old enough and yeah. stuff. And just like, because I would imagine the levels of like inbreeding there is like severe. Yeah, and and shout out to uh, shout out to my show, uh, but the Strange Brew because I re like you need to be around. We'll do our own episode, but I think at some point, me, you, and Billy should either do the Whitaker family or the Fugate family. Um, we can maybe me and you do one of those individually, just us. But there's got to be one episode because that we and Billy and Anton did like the Goler clan, and that got a lot of attention. Like people were like, like, because it was also funny because we we're trying to like just you got to be kind of joking a little bit, and there was actually so many, um, so much like documented footage 
of these Canadian people that just inbreeded in this small place in Nova Scotia, right? And I do think that talking mm-hmm. about the real aspects of some of these, uh, uh, you know, films and how real this does exist out in the real world, maybe not to the extent of violence, but inbreeding and weird stuff going on. It's so bizarre. No, no, I just realized too. I didn't know that Doug was in X-Men 2. I love that movie. And he's Pyro. And I love Pyro's character for the oh, little wow. bit I didn't even of realize that. what he plays. Remember, he always flicks the lighter. So I saw this as a kid because uh-huh. I was like 12. I remember finding an old um, Zippo lighter in the playground, which is so weird. And then like, like just light and pretending to light it because of that film. Because I was like, cool. I didn't realize that he you was in that. That's pyro. actually kind of funny. Pyro, man. Great, great uh, character for how much he's on screen. So fine. Um, and I think it really, it really finishes his, um, his character arc when he, you know, gets reunited with uh, Bobby and Brenda. Or yeah, he's got, he goes to Comic-Cons, which means that he must like, I'm sure people want to talk to him about that, this film too. Yeah, I would imagine so. Um, he, um. Yeah, I just for me, like I, I think I've I've got if it's even possible, um, an even bigger appreciation for how like well done this movie is and how clever yeah, it is. Me too, and I said uh, this is probably in my top twenty to even top fifteen favorite horror movies, for what it does yeah. to the audience, and like I said, the hero arc that is done throughout all films, the hero's journey. Is, is very prominent in this one. Some films do evade from that, but the majority of uh, movies do uh, depend on the hero arc. And uh, it's great. And I think, like, like to be honest, like, I don't know. I'll be... Um, I'll give this... Um, I'll give this eight stinky fingers um, out of ten. Maybe yeah, 8.5. Yeah, I would give it probably eight, 8.5. Yeah. Yeah. It's great. And the way... It, yeah, for it, sure. Yeah, it's it doing what it's supposed to do. And it's right. So for as unsettling and like horrible, some of it is, it's actually a really fun ride as yeah. well. It is like a roller coaster of a movie. 100%. I agree. You know, that, that to me is like the movie experience is something like that. It's supposed that it's to be. Like I did not expect. And then, like I said, the beats in the movie weren't your standard no. procedure. It was like, we got to the trailer attack and like 10 serious things happened one after another. And it keeps your attention and it's not slow. And I just find that movies nowadays try too hard. And I don't know, it's just disappointing. Uh, and then watching stuff like this where I'm like, ah, oh, this is, does exactly what it's meant to do. And now I bet you couldn't do yeah, this I'm nowadays. Actually, you couldn't do this now. No, you couldn't. No, there's no, I don't even think this would get past like the, the pitch yeah. stage. Yeah. To be yeah. honest. Yeah. I, I, I'm glad that we covered this because there's there's many movies that I'm very excited about talking about. And um, like me and Aaron discussed, we're going to try to do some more, even smaller bite size, uh, easy consumable episodes for people, which I have, we have lots of talks. I want to do some live stuff. So everyone like pay attention to the YouTube on both of our sides because there's going to be a lot of live content that'll be fun and we want to hear your interaction. We'll try to um, let everybody know, especially throughout Instagram. So make sure to like go look for First Class Horror on Instagram because we'll start putting stuff out. Like I really want to do a Night of the Living Dead watch along because these movies that we are yep. able to achieve to do because they are open domain now. And there's a bunch of them, more than you'd think. Some that we've probably never seen that are goofy as hell that would be fun to discuss. Uh, but I have uh, 
I have a million and one ideas for both of our shows, and I can't stop being like, okay, go on, do this, <laughs> you know. I I'm exactly the same. Um, yeah, there's a lot of, I I like the idea of um, the the public domain yeah. stuff. Um, I'm not sure, like how many or which ones, but like I I had seen before. Um, I'm just looking at it here again. Now. Like you have like a Carnival of Souls, I love that. Night of the Living Dead, yeah. White Zombie. Um, That's what I'm saying. Some of these 13. older obscure films are black and white that we can kind of like. Like, you know, shoot the shit, you know, chop it up while we watch it. Because, like, Carnival of Souls, I watched that outside when I was, like, on mushrooms. And it was weird and trippy watching that shit, like, on a barn. This was, um, this was fun. I forgot, not that I forgot, but I don't think I realized how much I actually appreciate (laughs) how well put together this movie was. And while I know the second one isn't uh, nowhere near this, I'm actually pretty excited to cover part two. I might go watch it after this and then write out my thoughts. And then if you want, we can put that out next. But there is there is stuff coming. We have uh we're gonna do Dead Silence for sure. That's one of my favorite films. I wanna yep. shout that out because I do wanna do that and you will probably hear it sooner than later. Uh one of my favorite horror mm-hmm. films probably of all time when it comes to the creepy aspect of it and this certain there's so many good things about that film and what it did to me as a kid and how it did scare me. One of those films actually did freak me out, but uh, this one, yeah, I've always liked this film. Uh, when you said you want to talk about it, I'm like hundred percent. Let's just cover this individually instead of doing some sort of deep dive. Cause like there's enough to talk about this. We did an hour and a half on this movie and we thought we could keep it to an hour, but it's, it's too good. There's so many things that like about this film. I yeah, like it is, you know, yeah, and when you when you really start to analyze it, you you kind of see things that you maybe didn't see previous or whatever. Um, but yeah, I enjoyed this. Um, like Tom said, everyone make sure to keep an eye on the Instagram. Yes. It's probably where we're most active. And um, yeah, the YouTube channels for video content, some live content coming up, um, and things like that. And yeah, you'll probably see Hills of Eyes too next, yeah. and then. Right after that, we'll be jumping into a, a pretty extensive deep dive on Dead Silence. Yeah, I feel like we got to do at least two hours on that shit. <laughs> Just because, like, it's so good. Yeah, for I, sure. And it creeps me out. I love ghost sure. stuff. And they're, like, you know, like, for, uh, you know, even my side, we're going to be doing some really big deep dives into some serial killers and some weird stuff and some fun content. So make sure to go check that out uh, and check out the Instagram and even rumble for both sides. Cause rumble, we're going to be able to maybe do some very like, especially for some films, maybe the video will, will really promote to go to rumble because it's very uncensored. And we may be mm-hmm. able to say a little more and show a little more than what we can on YouTube. Cause YouTube's getting very censorshipy. Unfortunately. Yeah, All right. I never know how to sign out of these things. Wait, let me do my fucking Spock hand. All right. Au revoir. <laughs> Thanks for listening to another episode of Class Horrorcast. Stalk the CHC podcast at classhorrorcast.com, at First Class Horror on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube, or on Twitter at class underscore horror. The CHC podcast is hosted and produced by Aaron Doyle and is an FCH production.